people are still spending, but they're spending and they're using their credit cards. So we were at a point a couple years ago where savings was at an all-time high, and now it's not. All that savings is at a low, and even though we're spending, they're using debt leverage to maintain their lifestyle and be able to live. Well, again, that's going to come to a point where they're like, oh my gosh, we're, this hole is so deep, I can't get out. just a regular gym routine. When was the last time you checked on your financial fitness? If you're feeling like you're falling behind, Ed Sedell is here to help with The Retirement Trainer, a podcast about helping you get into better financial shape. Every week, Ed talks about things you need to know to become more financially fit for your future. Learn about things like how much money will you need, financial mistakes other people often make, and how you can avoid them. Plus, details on The Retirement Fitness Plan, a plan Ed personally created to help you get to and through retirement by focusing on five key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan when you visit egsifinancial.com and click on processes. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to The Retirement Trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. It's The Retirement Trainer with Ed Sedell, a podcast about finding ways to help you become financially fit for your future, no matter what financial shape you're in now. Is the current rally in the market showing signs of a rebound? And are we on the road to recovery? Or is this just a typical bear market rally? And both the markets and pundits buying into the hopium, (laughs) which means they're drinking the Kool-Aid and are addicted to anything good, not understanding the underlying pressures. With so much confusing information out there, what do you do to protect yourself? How do you make sure you're in the right strategy? Because if you're nearing retirement and you have to keep up with all the market news, you may not have all the tools you need to keep up with your retirement plan. It could be your new full-time job. (laughs) Every single detail of the markets absolutely takes time and how this all affects your retirement portfolio. No one can predict the future, and that's why having a plan in place and a strategy in place is so important. This is Leanne Sedell, and here to help us with all our questions and give us some guidance to stay in the best financial shape possible, the retirement trainer, Ed Sedell. Hi, Ed. Hey, Leanne, what is going on? Well, a lot of stuff lot happening of stuff. in the market. Yeah, a lot, I, a lot of stuff, right? And last week, we kind of saw a, an uptick in the market, that bear market rally that we talk about all the time, and people are kind of buying into it. Yeah. But a lot of stuff happened, in it, and it really started with last week. I mean, if you listen to the news, the pundits, they're like, you know, it's the end of the fourth quarter is going to be really good. Now, I think we're probably going to get a little bounce, but I think people are going to be disappointed. It's not going to be the rebound, like, boom, now all of a sudden we're, you know, we're great and we're on the road to recovery. I hope I'm wrong. Well, I think a lot of, we're not seeing uh, this easing of inflation. We're not seeing where it's even going to come from. Right now, it looks to me like I watch them say, here, the bottom's here, the bottom's here. Well, as the numbers keep coming out, right, we say all the time it's about the math. Yeah. And the Philly feds, you know, they came out with their numbers last Thursday, which was the 21st of July. And their numbers were, um, I don't want to say terrible, but man, that's probably even understating it. They weren't good. They were not good at all. And, and it really was showing a, a contraction as far as growth, way more than what anybody had predicted. Well, and, and as we move into this 
political realm. I think what's concerning is that sometimes we're trying to uh, make, what, what is that whole, uh, make things look better than they actually are yeah. right now because nobody wants to take the hit for where we are in the economy. Yep. Yep. You're absolutely right. What's the Philly Fed? Okay. So little known, okay, but extremely important, especially when we're talking about uh, growing the economy. So the, the Philly Fed is, is really a leading economic indicator. And it gives us an idea of the direction that, that the region and the country is going. And this is so very important because it's the, the third Federal Reserve District. It's basically called the Manufacturing Business Outlook Survey. It's done every single month in every single month since 1968. And it measures production, manufacturing from, it covers the state of Delaware, nine counties, and I've got to read this now, nine counties in southern New Jersey and the 48 counties in eastern, the eastern two-thirds of Pennsylvania. Okay. And I had to get that because I wasn't sure what it covered. I got that from Investopedia and because the numbers are so impactful, I wanted to make sure that I had that right. And really what it indicates is the direction of change in business activity. It measures those that respond to the survey mm-hmm. for the manufacturers, their, the, the activity in their plants, employment, working hours, new and unfulfilled orders, shipments, inventories, delivery times, prices paid, and, and prices received. And like I said, this isn't something new. This has been going on since May of 1968, each and every month. So what does the survey mean? It's important because anything above zero, right? So zero is par. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anything above zero shows growth. Anything that's below zero is negative, which means, you know, there's a contraction. Basically, we're, we're headed in the wrong direction. Okay. So what's the overall outlook? This is the scary part because it was supposed to be, so this was, you know, the earnings season, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the earnings, okay, is it going to be positive or negative? Are you beating street expectations? And the expectations for the survey were supposed to be positive or plus 0.8. Okay. The problem was, is that the survey came out negative minus 12.3. Okay. So that's a huge, huge difference. Yeah. And that's why, you know, we're, everything is about the math and we're, you know, we're looking at the numbers and it's this pressure to the downside that's really exploded. And it's, it's because of these inflationary pressures, right? And it's really softening all the expectation. And as companies become more concerned about their future. They're probably going to be adjusting their spending, their investments and hiring, all right, to to make sure that they have, you know, cash flow because that's really, it's all about cash flow, just like in retirement. Companies are looking at this the same way, especially during lean periods. And the summary number, when we look at the three leading indicators like prices paid, business activities, and, and expected new orders, that has a huge effect on where the economy is going and what it's going to look like. And minus a negative 12%. So let me back you up. Prices paid. Question. Okay. So it's a very great question. So prices paid, it's the cost that the company pays for the products. All right. How much did they spend on raw material materials? Are the prices rising or falling? What, what did they cost? And what was the cost for electricity, labor, all the actual cost of supplies, cost of goods sold? So when a company sets the price for consumers, it looks at the cost of, of making and assembling the product figures out what that margin is, and then gets what the price will be on the shelf, right? And then the prices paid is a leading indicator for the the CPI, yeah, which is the inflation yeah. index, okay? Mm-hmm. And it helps define where inflation is going to be over the coming few months. And it really comes down to where are we at? 
Now, the way that it looks, the CPI, it came down off of the highs. And so people are looking at it saying, okay, you know, we're in good shape, but I really don't believe that's the beginning of a downtrend, you know, like, like inflation is going away. I think it's just maybe a, an indicator that, okay, things are going to get a little bit worse because it's that bear market rally. Companies are going to continue to try and pass this on to the consumers. You know, when we look at revenues during the revenue season and beating the expectations on the street, well, you remember as revenues go up, the reason that they're going up is because all their prices are going up. They're passing it on to the consumers and the mm-hmm. consumers are paying more, but it really, it, it's not affecting their margins. And then it comes down to a, a, a certain part where a point when the consumers are going to say, all right, I'm just not going to buy as much of that particular good or service, or I'm not going to buy the name brand. I'm going to buy the generic. And then it's going to get to a point where they're just going to say, I'm just not going to buy it. And so that's when you get into that point, that's when there, there starts to be to become issues because the companies are not going to continue to to hang on to those costs all by themselves. So they're going to pass it on to us. Well, and that that's kind of I was having that discussion with a client last week when we were just going over simple details having to do with their personal budget. They said to me, nothing's changed. And I said, OK, well, I'm looking at inflation right now. Mm-hmm. So inflation's not affecting your budget. Well, yeah. So what I'm basically coming back to is we will take on a certain level of those increased costs for a short period of time. But over the long period of time, we start pulling back. It's the difference between being uncomfortable. We're willing to be a little bit uncomfortable, but when it becomes painful, that's when we're like, ah, you know what? No moss. I, I give up. I'm not doing this anymore. Without seeing where the, where the finish line is. Right. Nobody knows where it is right now. That's exactly it. So you're kind of preparing. And I don't think a lot of people are really going to be surprised as hiring is going to change, constructing, inventory, how businesses continue to operate their businesses. And, and this is a big deal because last week, the press secretary, the White House, tried to redefine what a recession was. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I mean, so they're I'm trying to think of the nicest way to say this and be direct at the same time. So we're suffering from a leadership problem, right? I think both the White House and and Congress, I mean, they're impotent when it comes to dealing with the problems. I just don't think that they know what to do. And that goes all the way through to the feds and Yellen. I mean, so when you think of Janet Yellen, so what did she say this week? (laughs) You know, oh my gosh, I just, I'm embarrassed for her. I mean, she, I don't think she's equipped And I felt that when she was the Federal Reserve chair. It is as though she is being given a script to read. And if she has to go off script, she's totally falling apart. Yes. I really felt. It was embarrassing. I felt uncomfortable just watching the news this morning. They're replaying it. They're continuing to replay it. Yeah, just And I cannot think of the young lady's name. Actually, I guess I can't say that anymore. But the press secretary, I can't think of her name, but it's the same thing with her. They just, they're not equipped to deal with what's going on. And, and when, when you look at Chairman Powell, the Federal Reserve Chair, both Powell and Yellen for months and months and months and months and months said transitory, 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 which means, you know, that when it comes to inflation, it's in transition, which means it's temporary. And what have they been saying about the recession? Well, you know, we're, we're in transition. We're in transition. Now, it, it took seven months, maybe a little more before Yellen finally admitted that it's not transitory. I was wrong. There is inflation. Well, we all knew it. I mean, I just saw on the news. So today is what, the 25th of July? 
in New York, they just said that the little Hawaiian bread, the 21 ounce yeah. or 24 ounce thing was $10. I mean, for a loaf of bread. Well, yeah. No, that's New York, right? So you, you got to put that in perspective. Like, We're here in Columbus, Ohio, and yeah. I think everyone would have a heart attack if we paid $10 for a loaf of bread well, here. I'm all about being positive. I'm all about looking at things from a positive perspective. But I think that right now, we're. this is not about just uh, putting a positive spin on it. This is about really sticking a, a big, huge blinder on something that is so obvious to all of us. Yeah, and that's the whole thing, because it can be fixed. Right. And so the, the feds, we, we have their meeting this Thursday. They're going to raise rates. The question is, originally it was 100 basis points or 1%. And then they said 75 basis points, which is, you know, three quarters of a percent. And then I heard this morning that they, they may lower it to 50 basis points or a half a percent. And if you, that's a really important history in math. And, and if you go all the way back to, I didn't agree with everything that Greenspan did, but he was very intelligent and he understood and look at Volcker, Paul Volcker, who was the head of the Federal Reserve under Reagan. Okay. I was thinking of going back to Reagan because that was painful. Well, <laughs> and so, you know, we're kind of inching along at 1575 basis points. Yeah. But Paul Volcker, Volcker was raising it 100, 200. You know, I think at one point, I'm going to have to go back and check, but I think at one point he raised it at 3%, 300 basis points in one meeting. And it's that whole trickle down economics. I mean, that's really what it comes down to where, I mean, not only, do right now the leadership, they want to raise taxes, okay, on corporate America. So who's going to pay that? We are. Okay. So they're going to raise taxes and they want to dump more money into the system and keep interest rates low, which means it's going to be a continued inflationary process. Well, trickle down economics, the basic is, all right, let's stop inflation. Let's push interest rates really high. It's supply and demand, right? We're going to lower taxes. So manufacturing and production can be a little bit more efficient. People are going to stop buying things because things are going to cost a lot more and kind of get everything under control so that, that we can move forward. So it's, it's kind of the difference. I used to talk about this all the time in class. It's a difference between a forest fire and a control burn, right? When you think about inflation, when you have a horrible monetary policy where it's just inept, that's a forest fire. It's out of control. Okay. And then you have what happened in the seventies under Jimmy Carter, which is hyperinflation. Okay, coupled with stagflation and things just get way, way, way out of hand. Now, if you have a controlled burn, which is think of that as a strong monetary policy where you actually understand what's going on and you're kind of controlling what's going on in, in the markets with the interest rates to get inflation under control, that's a controlled burn. You're setting it on fire to get rid of all the dead underbrush, right? So that new things can kind of grow and, and rejuvenate. That's kind of like the economy, but we're just not doing that right now. What we would have done and what they did do in history when they raised rates mm -hmm. was I think we're missing here is all the things that are going to be uncovered once that interest rate hike happens also, which is a concern yeah. because there are all these things having to do with real estate right now that I don't think anybody is ready to come. I think you're right. I think that's a bigger bubble than people. They're like, oh my gosh, I got to get in. I got to get in. So we were talking to a client who has a appraisal company and on the things when they're, when his company, they were receiving the orders and on the contract, purchase contract, purchase agreement, whatever that's called, buyer agrees to pay any overage, whatever that overage is above the appraisal price. Above what the actual value of the, the home value is. of the house yeah. is. Yeah. 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 And didn't we have something similar to this when we blew things up back in 2007 and eight? Come on. I'm just saying. 
It is. I mean, so inventory, you're, we're going to start seeing that, I think. I don't know when. No one's got a crystal ball, so I don't know if it's this year or starting next year, but it's not just going to keep going up. No one's going to wave a wand and all of a sudden all this leverage disappears because that's really what it comes down to is debt. And here's the other thing, too, that people aren't talking about. People are still spending, but they're spending and they're using their credit cards. So we were at a point a couple of years ago where savings was at an all-time high. Mm -hmm. And now it's not. All that savings is at a low. And even though we're spending, they're using debt leverage to maintain their lifestyle and be able to live. Well, again, that's going to come to a point where they're like, oh, my gosh, where this hole is so deep, I can't get out now. Well, and again, I'm going to flash back to talking from a positive perspective. There needs to be a reality check for all of us. Yeah. Pull this. This is not one of what those situations do? where That's we're right. going to spend our way out of this. We're just not. <laughs> That's funny. I'm glad you said that because <laughs> we know, right, as a family, we have a budget. We're like, okay, we can't spend more than what we make because then we're in trouble. Well, but that's what the government continues to do. Well, wow. right. They're going to spend their way out of, you know, this problem and spend their way out of that problem. The problem is they're spending all of our money. I'm using my chips and salsa scenario here, but I get, I eat <laughs> chips and salsa every <laughs> single day. You live on chips I and salsa. love chips and salsa, but my chips are now almost $4 a bag. If you can find them. Well, that's true too. So I tend to want to buy a lot if I find them because that is my mainstay. But I am going to tell you, $4 a bag, it's crossed my threshold. I've even had to change my recipe for salsa because I can't find the pickled onions. Yeah, that's a whole nother issue. Another so, problem. All right. So, so there's good news. Okay. That's okay. what I was just going to say. Give us some good news for Pete's sake. Look, you can't <laughs> control what goes on around you. You can't control what goes on in D.C., although we try through voting and everything else. But what you can control is how you deal with what's going on. I say it all the time, right? You have to have a plan. This is a strategy. So this time right now with what's going on, this is why having a strategy, having that plan, that written plan is so important because it takes a lot of the guesswork out. It's not perfect because it's a living, breathing document, okay? But it also helps take the emotion out of the decision-making process because right now there's a lot of fear and greed, right? Going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But having that plan is so very important. And, and that's why, you know, if, if someone has questions, they want to get their questions answered or they just want a second opinion, give us a call, reach out to us because we'll be able to look at it and look, based on the math, We'll let you know if you're on the right path. That's right. That's right. So again, we'll end with that little tidbit of good news is that it is time for you to take a, a look and get those questions answered. If you want to talk to Ed, give us a call at the office at 614-526-4118. Or if you would like to schedule some time to speak with him over the phone, you can do that right through our website at egsifinancial.com. You can also send us an email at info at egsifinancial.com. Again, thanks, Ed, very much. Absolutely. Thanks, Leanne. <laughs> you tested your fitness level, not your workout routine. I'm talking about your financial endurance, because if saving to a 401k is the extent of your effort, it is time for you to start shaping up. And Ed Sedell is here to help you do that with the retirement trainer. It's his podcast to help you examine your financial stamina and learn the questions you should be asking and areas to focus on to help you get to that place you've been working so hard for a happy, comfortable retirement. And it's not as hard as some might have made you believe. Ed's broken it down into five 
five simple steps. It's the retirement fitness plan, which he personally created to help clarify key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan at egsifinancial.com. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to the retirement trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. Investment advisory services offered through EGSI Investment Management, DBA EGSI Financial Group, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through EGSI Financial Services, Inc., Ohio license number 1020619. 